And thank you all for being here this Sunday. Uh, this is the last Sunday of the summer, unofficially, unofficially, uh, but it's that Labor Day weekend, and we so greatly appreciate you being here with us. Uh, we're looking forward to what we're starting this coming week, are we not? Yes? Are we looking forward to this? Starting the Jesus series? A group of people excited about Jesus. What do you know? Wonderful, wonderful. I'm so excited to begin this. Uh, this is actually something I've wanted to do for quite some time, and so the time is right. We're going to dive in. We're going to spend this time with Jesus, spend this time in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four first books in the New Testament, the four biographies of the life of Jesus. We're going to dive in, get to know Jesus better. Internal responses to that question. My first response was, well, does the church really need a reason to talk about Jesus? Isn't that what we do, right? My second response was, well, well, haven't I explained this like all throughout the summer? But then my third response was the most appropriate response. My third response was to figure out, oh, wait a minute, maybe I need to do a better job of communicating why exactly we are doing this Jesus series. I mean, we've talked about it, and I feel like I've talked it to death, but you know what? It's the summertime. People go away. People enjoy that vacation. Not everybody reads all the emails that come out. And so I want to take some time this morning to explain to you why, why we are doing the Jesus series. Maybe you don't need me to answer that question. Well, regardless, I'm going to tell you why we are doing the Jesus series. We're doing this for the sake of three different groups of people. There are some people that have made a connection with Hope Community Church recently who don't know Jesus all that well. They've heard some stuff. They've heard the gospel. They've heard what Jesus has done for them. They've heard about the crucifixion and the resurrection and Jesus breaking those chains of slavery and giving us a life of freedom and Jesus forgiving our sins and offering to us the free gift of heaven if we put our trust in him. They've heard about that, but that's about all they've heard. And so for those people who are new to Jesus new to the world of church, new to Christianity. By the way, welcome. We are your church. <laughs> We're the church for people who are new to all this stuff. We don't expect you to have it all figured out before you walk through those doors. And so for the sake of you who are new, who are learning, this series is for you. And we encourage you to participate. Get in the Word of God. Spend that time by yourself in the Word of God. Come out to the small groups. Come out to worship on Sunday mornings and get to know Jesus in His own words based on what Scripture tells us about Jesus. And so for the sake of that group of people, we are doing the Jesus series. There's another group of people who aren't connected with Hope Community Church yet. They aren't in this space. They probably aren't even watching online yet. But a group of people in our surrounding community who are looking for something. We have young people who are looking for the answer to the question of, well, what is the purpose? What am I here for? What am I doing on this planet? There are people not so young who are maybe at the retirement stage of life thinking about, well, what have I done with my life and how have I invested my time and was any of this worth doing? There are people out there seeking for answers to big questions. Questions like, is there a heaven? Questions like, is there a hell? Questions like, who is this Jesus? And so for their sake, we're doing this series. You have friends and you have family members who are going through something like that, who are seeking for answers to the big questions of life, seeking after Jesus. Maybe they don't know yet, but they're seeking. Jesus is who they're really after. They're seeking after Jesus. Don't we all have people like that in our lives? Missing Jesus, seeking after Jesus. And like I said, maybe they don't actually know it. Maybe they couldn't articulate that's what they're seeking after, but they're seeking after Jesus. And some of those people in my life, they used to connect with the church maybe when they were kids and now they've disconnected. 
And some of the people in my life who are seeking after Jesus, they had no connection with church in the past, but they're seeking after Jesus. And so for their sake, for the sake of the seekers, people searching for Jesus, we want to make him extremely accessible. And so for their sake, for their sake, we are doing this series. And I hope you will invite your seeker loved ones to join us for this series, to connect with us in person or online, to get to know Jesus better. There's a third group of people, a third group of people that we are doing this series for, and it's people like me, people that have been around church for a very long time, people that aren't new to Jesus and aren't new to Christianity, people who have maybe read the Bible, maybe read it more than once, twice, three times, people who have read the Gospels many times, people who have studied the Gospels, people who have been around for a long time. We're not new to this Christianity business. You see, people like us, we can lose our first love. There's that scripture passage that Josh read for us, and he gives, you know, Jesus is giving this church all this praise for their accomplishments, but he says to them, oh, hang on a second, you've lost your first love. <clears throat> You're doing all the good stuff. You're doing all this wonderful stuff for me, but what about, what about the love of Jesus? And those of us who spend enough time in Christianity, enough time following Jesus, enough time as disciples, we can allow our Christianity and all the Christian stuff that we do kind of push out our love of Jesus. And we're serving Jesus, and we're showing up at worship services, and we're serving those who are in need. You know, we as a church, we, we focus on meeting the needs that need to be met, yes, and we're making disciples and working towards producing good fruit, showing up at small groups and Bible studies, doing our independent Bible reading. But we can get so caught up in the stuff of Christianity that we edge out that love of Jesus. And so for those of us who have been around for a while, we are doing this Jesus series to rekindle our love for Jesus. There is this very dramatic series of events that takes place in the Gospels, <clears throat> and to call them very dramatic is indeed an understatement. Jesus has a relationship with, with 12 disciples and with people beyond that, but he has a unique relationship with a man called Simon Peter. And on the night before Jesus is crucified, he spends this time with his disciples, and they share what, what ends up being their last supper together. And he tells them about what's to happen. And one of the things that Jesus tells his disciples is that somebody in that room will deny knowing him. And Simon Peter, he speaks up and says, even if all these other guys deny you, even if all these other bozos run away from you, you can count on me, Jesus. You can count on me. And Jesus turns to Simon Peter and says to him, I'm telling you the truth. Before the rooster crows, before the break of day, you will deny me three times. And to no one's surprise, well, maybe Peter's surprise, but what Jesus says comes to fruition. And before the rooster crows that morning, here is this man who is making his vows, confessing his dedication to Jesus, ends up denying Jesus three times. When Jesus is crucified, Peter is not there at the foot of the cross. In fact, there's only one of the 12 is there at the foot of the cross, and that's John. So Jesus is crucified, he rises on the third day, and the report makes it back to the disciples. Hey, Jesus isn't there. His body's not in the tomb. And Peter and John, they run to that tomb, and they discover that it's empty. 
And they go back and rejoin the rest of the disciples, and Jesus appears among them. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Jesus appears to his disciples multiple times before he ascends into heaven. And there's one particularly wonderful, touching, dramatic moment that takes place where Simon Peter, he wakes up one day and says, you know what, boys, I'm going fishing. Who's with me? So they jump out on that fishing boat because before all this disciple business, Simon Peter was a simple fisherman. So he goes back to what he knows and he jumps out on the boat with a few of the disciples. And they spend all night trying to catch fish because that's what you did as a fisherman. You spend all night trying to catch those fish. They spend all night and they caught nothing. They caught nothing. And as the sun begins to rise that morning, they see a figure standing on the shoreline. A man calls out to them, friends, have you caught anything? They say, nope, not a single fish. And the man on the shoreline says, well, try throwing your net on the other side of the boat. And in that moment, something must have stirred in Simon Peter because this, is, this had to be a moment of deja vu. Because when Simon Peter first met Jesus, Jesus said the same thing to him. Peter had spent this whole night trying to fish, not catching anything. And then he meets Jesus, and Jesus says, well, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And so they have to be suspicious. Who is this man standing on the shore? And so they throw that net on the other side of the boat, and it's so filled with fish, they can't even bring it onto the boat. Right? And Simon Peter knows, okay, suspicion confirmed, it's him. It's Jesus. And so the rational disciples, they say, well, let's make our way. Let's get our boat to the shore. But hmm, Peter just jumps right in. <laughs> he swims to the shore. And by the time he gets there, Jesus is there. He already has some fish, and he's got this coal-burning fire already burning. And so in that moment, Jesus has the opportunity to have a conversation with Simon Peter. And he asks him a question. He calls him by the name Simon, which was his birth name. I mean, Jesus renamed this man Peter, which means the rock, but he's calling him Simon. And he asks Simon a question. And he doesn't ask, hey, man, why'd you deny me? Why'd you do that? Doesn't say that. Doesn't ask that question. And he doesn't say, Peter, now that I'm resurrected from the dead, now do you believe in me? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, Simon and Peter, do you now trust me? He doesn't ask that. He doesn't ask Simon and Peter, will you now go into this world and serve me and be my apostle? He doesn't ask that. Do you know what Jesus asks Simon and Peter in that moment? He says, do you love me? And that's a poignant moment, and it's a touching moment. But can we also appreciate just how awkward and difficult that would be? I mean, gentlemen in this room, you're sitting across the fire from another man, and that man is asking you, do you love me? And there's Jesus asking Simon, do you love me? Simon says, yes, Lord. Yes, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says, then feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my people. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, has a following. We are his lambs. We are his sheep. And so Jesus is saying, they take care of my flock, take care of my people. Now, at the Last Supper, Jesus had told his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so Jesus doesn't ask, hey, will you take care of my flock? No. He asks, do you love me? And if you do, then take care of my flock. And then Jesus asks Simon Peter a second question. And that second question isn't, do you trust me? That second question isn't, 
do you believe in me? That second question isn't, will you be a good Christian boy? That second question is, Simon Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He asks him a second time. Peter says, yes, Lord. Yes, I love you. I love you more than these. I love you more than anybody else. He says, okay, take care of my sheep, take care of my flock. And then Jesus asked Simon Peter a third question. Can you guess what it is? Do you love me? And this time Simon Peter is hurt. Like, why did you have to ask three times, Jesus, you know that I love you. And for every time Peter denied Jesus, he now confesses his love. His love for Jesus. Let me tell you why we're doing this Jesus series, all right? I'm going to give you another answer to that question. We're doing the Jesus series because I love Jesus. Is that a scandalous thing for me to admit, for a pastor to stand up and say, I love Jesus. I have lots of thoughts and feelings about Jesus. I respect Jesus. There's an understatement. I respect what he was able to accomplish I respect the amount of sacrifice that he made on our behalf. I respect him. I admire him for all those same reasons. I appreciate Jesus, right? I appreciate who he is and what he's accomplished. Again, that's another dramatic understatement. I mean, you've spared me the consequences of my sins. You've spared me eternal damnation, and you've given me forgiveness in heaven. I appreciate that. But beyond, beyond respect, beyond admiration, beyond appreciation, I love Jesus. I love him. Francis Chan, he retells the story of John Piper. John Piper's a, a pastor and an author, and so John Piper, he laid out this scenario for Christian people to contemplate, for saved people to contemplate. And he asked the Christian people, he said, what if, what if you could go to heaven? And it was just as wonderful as you imagined. Like, all the pain is gone, all the suffering is gone, and like, the bitterness and all that ugliness of the human spirit, it's all gone. And there's just bliss and joy and whatever you want to imagine about heaven, you know, the all-you-can-eat buffet and the, you know, the never-ending Sunday bar, or whatever it is, it's all wonderful, as wonderful as you can imagine it. But what if Jesus wasn't there? Would you still be satisfied if heaven was just as wonderful as you wanted it to be, but Jesus wasn't there? And, of course, he asked that question to elicit a response in us Christians. Well, what is it that we value? What is it that we're looking forward to? What is it that we love? And the thing with so many of us Christians, I mean, we fall into this trap where we start to love the gifts that Jesus gives us more than we love the man who has given us the gifts. And so Jesus says to Simon, do you love me? Do you love me? Another John Piper story for you. This was at... A church plant conference is probably 12 or 13 years ago, and so I was studying to be a church planner. I was in seminary, and I went to this church plant conference, and there was a panel of church planners up on a stage, and they told a story about how they met John Piper. And they went, and they were you know, filled with vision, filled with passion, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to share the gospel. And they were so excited, these young, passionate dudes ready to go, and they go before this elder, and they say, John, rebuke us. What do you got for us? Correct us. What do you see that we're doing wrong? And you're not going to read about this in a book because I heard it at a conference. I don't think it's been written down. But John says to this group of, of visionaries, of church planners, he says to them, I'm concerned. 
that you love the mission of Jesus more than you love Jesus? Do we love Jesus? <laughs> do we love, do we love Jesus? Do we do what we do for Jesus because we love him? We can be so fixated on the gifts, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation. We can love the gift of heaven. We can love the gift of purpose in this world. We can love the abundant life, but do we love the man more? Do we love Jesus more? I think the missing ingredient, for so many of us Christians, the missing ingredient in our faith, the missing ingredient in our, in our Christianity is the most important ingredient. It's the love of Jesus. Let everything that we are and everything that we do and everything that we accomplish, everything that we work toward, let it all flow out of a love for Jesus. And so we are doing this Jesus series not just because I love Jesus, but collectively as a church, we love Jesus. If that's true for you, and maybe it's not true for you, maybe you're just getting to know, you don't, I don't know if I love this guy. If it's true for you, I'd like you to say that with me. We love Jesus. One more time. We love Jesus. Rule of three, let's say it again. We love Jesus. And so we'll spend a year rekindling that love for Jesus, giving ourselves an opportunity to get to know him better, build in that love relationship with him. We are doing this Jesus series. We are spending this time with Jesus because we love Jesus. Amen? Please stand with me as you're able, as we close our worship service in prayer. Jesus, you've heard it from our lips. We love you. We love you. We invite you to enter into our hearts. Holy Spirit, you're there already. Rekindle that love. Let us grow in that love. Let everything we do be just rooted in that love, grounded in that love for you, Jesus. Lord, we pray your blessing over the next several months as we enter into this Jesus series, as we look into your word, as we study the gospels, as we read your word, as we read about what you said and what you did, Jesus. Just help us. Help us to keep that love relationship flowing and on fire. Let us be passionate about you, Jesus. And let that passion, let that love for you be contagious. Let that love spill out. And let that love for you attract other people to you. Father God, we thank you once again for giving us a time to be here together to worship you and to praise you. And now that this worship service is coming to its end, we pray that you would allow our worship of you to continue. Father, let us worship you with our lives. Let us be in the world actively loving others, actively serving others, and we pray that as other people see us, they will catch a glimpse of you in our lives. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.